1: Oh, a bit of Europe, my God. Taking me back to the past, Brian. Fantastic. Flowing long locks, one-hit wonders. Magnificent, magnificent stuff. Uh, our next guest, I'm sure, is, is, a, is a young man. Well, eight or nine years of age, when this probably came out, we probably, you know, rocking to Europe. Um, these days, of course, he's... Uh, firmly entrenched in the realm of basketball, does a brilliant job covering the sport and is always so generous with his time and, of course, is a regular contributor here on SENZ. It's Sky Sports commentator, former Tall Black. The professor is back. It's Casey Frank. How are you doing this morning?
0: Doing well, and I heard flowing locks and one-hit wonders. I thought you were talking about me, my bro. I
1: know. I know. Like, you could have fronted Europe in, in the heyday when, when, you were, it, when, it, when you were rocking the long locks.
0: It took me about 20 years to realize that that song had a name. (laughs) I did not know it had a name. It was just played at every sporting event, and I knew it was time to play when that came on when I was about 11 years old in the fourth quarter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's quintessentially sort of attached to sport, isn't it? Absolutely, no doubt about it. Up there with you, we are the champions for sure.
0: Uh, I I, I appreciate the final countdown more. It's much more exciting coming down the stretch because it is time when you hear that, that, that tune come along, just like it is time for the breaker season to begin. Magnificent segue. almost
1: like you've done broadcasting before, Casey. Uh, an incredible ride uh, that we were dragged along with uh, with the breakers as this, you know, proud, successful franchise burst back into life after uh, some difficult years. COVID had a massive uh, part to say in that. But what a great year they did have last season. You know, finishing second in the regular season, racking up wins of plenty. I think they were just one win off the kings are on the ladder when all was said and done, and they got through to the grand final, gripping. Uh, final series, three games to two. Uh, It's going to be hard to top last year, right, Casey, because they set such a high bar for themselves.
0: Look, it's going to be difficult Uh, in a lot of ways. Last year was a storybook ending, the return of basketball at that stage to New Zealand, the Breakers getting played in front of their home fan, a lot of emotion throughout the season. The fan support was fantastic. Uh, But they really did strike gold uh, with the way that import trio worked together with the local talent. Uh, Some guys towards the end of their career reaching down and really playing at a high, high level. A bit of a rejig, more of a rejig than you would probably like for a team that came as close to the title as they did. But you know, I think the most important local piece that they were able to keep was Will McDowell-White. When he's healthy, to me, he's still the best point guard in the NBL. And if they've gotten the other pieces correct and can change their style of play a little bit from a season ago, they have a chance to be very good once again. Well, let's look at this in two phases. One, who's not there
1: and how you replace that and who's coming in, what do we know about them? Um, there's a lot of talent. I think uh, two, two guys in the all-NBL uh, second team last season aren't there. You've got instant offence off the bench and Barry Brown Jr., of course, sixth man of the year. Um, he, he, he's moved on. The pieces that are no longer there, how much of the heart and soul was it? Uh, I,
0: th- I think for the last season's identity, I think they were the heart and soul. In uh, particular for me, Brantley, Br- uh, Darrell Brantley, the way he played defensively, uh, the physical toughness that they gave him combined with Derek Parton on that interior just made them such a strong physical force defensively. Obviously, Barry Brown Jr., sixth man of the year, uh, the, his scoring well, was great. I, I think he's probably going to be the easiest to replace. Parker Jackson Cartwright looks like he's got that scoring ability, but a bit of a different player. But when you look at the, the way that the import trio has been switched out, it's downsized. So I think they're going to be uh, a chance to be as good defensively, but it's going to be perimeter quickness, passing lanes, uh, pressure on the ball, creating those defensive opportunities this year. They, I, I struggle to see how they're going to be as dominant on the interior because they've gotten smaller. Uh, they're, they're not quite as bulky and strong as they were a year ago. And when you look across the league, this is a league as a whole that seems to me to have gotten bigger in the offseason. Mm. and those coming in who who,
1: is, who are the headliners who are the ones that fans have probably got a little bit excited about frothing at the mouth the, the thought of um, them seeing
0: uh, play well first of all worth the price of admission is going to be Zylan Cheatham uh, this dude just he lives above the rim I don't know he might have clouds in his shoes but he is maybe the most athletic player that's worn a breakers uniform and, and there's been a lot of athletes that come have come through the years uh, what he's going to be doing on a nightly basis is putting on a show and he's going to be worth the price of admission alone but as a player, his versatility, I think, is really important. He's a defender who can you know switch five positions, really important for the breakers' switchability, and offensively, he's going to be really good in that pick and roll with Willie McDowell-White. Uh, Justinian Jessup is interesting. I, I think uh, when I speak a little bit about a season ago, they were really interior defensive-focused. Well, these imports this season, offensive players. Jessup makes them a much better shooting team. Uh, he was last in the league a few years ago as a next star for the Illawarra squad. Uh, he's now back as a full import, and his scoring ability at his size, uh, especially his ability to stretch the, the floor, is going to be really important. Uh, and Parker Jackson Cartwright, probably not going to get the starting r- role. He's going to be in that Barry Brown Jr. role that was a uh, season ago coming off the bench, instant offense. A dynamic point guard, not big. He doesn't have a lot of size. At times it is going to be tough for him because this is a big physical league. But uh, I think, uh, I guess, in terms of a Barry Brown, or sorry, a... Uh, uh, of a Bryce Cotton uh, thinking in terms of the way he can score with quickness and ability with the ball in the hand. And also without his kind of quickness is really going to be key, what they can do in transition. Those three imports coming in very important, but uh, you know, great to have a little Kiwi boy come home too and send Delaney uh, and he's going to be a big deal. What he's able to do is that versatile three, four, five, the position, the position versatility that he offers them coming back to New Zealand after a, high, a level uh, of high level basketball, high level yes. basketball in Europe it's going to be interesting.
1: Yeah, out of Germany, wasn't he? So, very high level of competition there. And, and he, he'd be so excited to come back because when he left, they were a completely different beast.
0: Well, I, I, he was depressed. <laughs> when he left last time, he'd gone through a couple of seasons of losing, uh, those seasons across, overseas. The breakers really wanted to bring him back, but he needed a change. He wanted to test himself at that higher level. Uh, and you could see what playing at, at, you know, in lower League EuroLeague had done for his game when he came back to the Tall Blacks. He looked a different guy. Much more a definitive on the court. His leadership has taken up a step. His understanding of when he needs to contribute, when to push offensively, when to contribute in other areas, I think that has improved. Uh, obviously a great glue guy, good to have around the team, uh, a Kiwi who understands what it means to be a breaker, who understands what it means to try and bring a championship back. And uh, Outside of William McDowell-White, I, I think he was the biggest signing. The, that local talent is so key. But another guy who's not huge, you know, he's 6'6", six, uh, you know, he plays a underneath the rim. Uh, so, so he's not going to be able to lift the interior play in the way that we saw Brantley do it last year with that strong physicality. A similar style, uh, but he's going to have to do it in a little bit of a different way. But he's certainly capable of carrying this team uh, for stretches of the season. Uh, We
1: are talking at the start of the Aussie NBL. New Zealand Breakers tipping off their campaign Saturday evening. uh, Club icon, and we can use that term, absolutely. Certainly, when we discuss Tom Abercrombie, who is to play his 400th game for the club, 15 years after his first KC.
0: That's that's mind-boggling. It's so impressive. I mean... uh... You know, I don't associate anyone with the Breakers more than him. He is Mr. Breaker to me. Uh, I I still remember when he went on his first road trip with the Breakers was was to China a lifetime ago. I remember because uh, my roommate at the time, Aaron Olson, was his roommate on the road. And uh, he came back and, he was, you know, he's in high school. He's like a junior at Westlake. He still wasn't on the basketball radar. I said, what's that kid like? And he said, well, he, he can jump. He can jump. <laughs> he that. That's always been his M.O. But, you know, uh, 400 games is a testament to... Not just being with the club and, and not what, only what he's meant to the club, but what the club has meant to him. Grew up watching the Breakers. I believe he was in the house for that first game of the, the Breakers ever played at the North Shore Event Center back in the day, now at Finder Stadium. He was there for game one as a fan. He's now getting there for game 400 as a player, and you could just not ask for a, a, a better, uh, I don't even know the, the word that can bestow upon him. But there's no finer example of what you want a club man to be. He gives so much of himself to the game. He's, he's great on the court. He's great off the court. And the, the key is what he does on the court, still, still key. His, his defensive versatility, his uh, size at that position, uh, and, and his leadership is going to be key if they want to make another run. But 400 games, man, that is a lot of drinks at the well, and he still looks fresh as a daisy.
1: How does he fit in? And and I guess it's a testament to him that that he he fits in where needed in some ways. How much much has his game evolved to where he sits today?
0: Well, I think part of the reason that Tommy's had this kind of longevity is because he's never really had to be the number one option. You know, he's not the guy that you're just throwing the ball to half court possession after possession and saying, go to work. Uh, he is a guy that game after game gets the toughest defensive assignment, whether that be a point guard, whether that be a power forward, whether that be swing, uh, his ability to guard at the rim has always allowed the, the breakers to play a little bit smaller because he could offer that rim protection. So that meant he gave him a little bit more value defensively. Uh, and his shooting, obviously, his catch and shoot. Not not a number one option with the ball in hand, but a great second or third option. You swing that ball, he shoots a high percentage from the three-point line, and then has the ability, because of the drive, even though he slowed down a half step or so uh, as he gets a little older, still has that ability to use that shot face, use that shooting ability to draw the finish to him, rip through, and finish at the rim. Doesn't finish uh, at, above the rim uh, with the ease that he used to, but because he's still so floaty, he's still such an athlete, he still can finish there with ease. And uh, it's just a game that ages like a fine wine. And, uh, and along with those physical talents, obviously the mental, the older you get, the longer you play basketball, the easier it gets. You understand the things you have to do. And uh, I think in a lot of ways, his ability to sort of play chess on the court uh, makes it that much easier for him to find ways to contribute, even when he's not uh, filling the net up.
1: Casey Frank is with us as we talk. Uh... NBL. Uh, I'd like to finish off by looking at some of the other main contenders but one last question about the break: G- changes in roster you kind of understand especially in this competition year in year out but there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes. New CEO's been uh, installed There, I think only one of the assistant coaches is back is that something to be a little bit sort of sceptical of and about the impacts that might have?
0: Uh, I mean, it, it does create issues, but I, I, when you look at the coaching staff, uh, I think that coaching staff takes on the personality of Modi. Uh, uh, he is the most important piece. Yeah, he was there as an assistant. Yes. He's been there for a while. Uh, I think they have had some movement in the assistant coach ranks, but Dan Sokolowski, he's back and I think he's got a greater familiarity with the New Zealand way of doing things after having spent a season with the Franklin Bulls. He really, what he did as a head coach at that level really impressed me. So to have him in as an assistant I think is key. Uh, it, it, you know, the front office stuff, uh, sometimes that can make things uh, difficult, but the, the key there is I think the knowledge is still there. You know, you still, you've still got Simon as the GM who's been there from the Start. He understands how things work. Lisa, yes, she is a new CEO, but she's been there basically running the ship for the last two years anyway. It's a change in title only, not in change, a change in terms of how things are going. It seems like they got the right mix uh, in the last season and they're building on top of that personnel as opposed to running away from issues. Uh, These aren't people who are fleeting a, a sinking ship. It's uh, looking around, strengthening the roles, I, I think, that it had. But, you know, it, it, is, it does probably raise, raise an eyebrow. You, you think about it. Why Why are there so many changes at this time? But we will see We will see the results uh, come to fruition soon enough, soon enough.
1: Who else do you like in this comp, my friend? <laughs> be wise oh. before the facts. And we all know preseason <laughs> predictions can make absolute asses of us. So, you know,
0: we will be rolling <laughs> oh, the tape yeah. over this. I'm particularly bad at them. Pretty much all my (laughs) preseason predictions go the other way. But, uh, look, th- this is as talented as the league has been in a long time. Uh, the talent that the Melbourne United have been able to put together, uh, a couple of Kiwis over there, and Shea Illy and Flynn Cameron beginning his career, but Luke Travers has come. Uh, they are an extremely talented team. Uh, I really do like what the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers do. I don't think they're the most talented team, but they've got a program, they've got an uh, identity, they've got a culture that leads them to winning, and they've reloaded a team that was very tough last season It should be tough again. Uh, uh, but to me, when I look around the league and I look at the talent, I look at what the players are doing. uh, It's the Perth Wildcats and it's everybody else. Uh, Perth is extremely deep, extremely talented. Bryce Cotton has been the best player in the competition for several years now. uh, And he's just, he's going from strength to strength, but this may be the most dynamic team that he's had around him. Athletes at every position, Keanu Pinder coming off, a huge first-team All-NBL season, that is a huge, probably the biggest free agent signing in the competition. You've got the Webster brothers, Corey Webster, towards the end of his career coming off the bench. That's huge. But it all revolves around Bryce Cotton. If they're able to stay healthy, uh, get uh, something out of who could be a top five pick in the NBA draft this year. Alexander Saar, the young Frenchman, is their next star. He's 18 years old, but he is a monster on the court. If he even comes close to reaching his potential this season, uh, I really do think that that Perth Wildcats team is, is the team to beat.
1: Well, our corporate daddy will be very delighted with that shout um, about Perth. Right? <laughs>
0: um, two more, two more,
1: two more. Promise, only two more. The Tall Blacks in the World Cup did they represent themselves fairly or, or leave a bit on the table
0: Man, the world cup is so hard <laughs> it is just so hard <laughs> it's, it's- let, let you, look uh, when, when you look at, at what they did I, I think if you ask the players, if you ask Carol Cameron, if you ask the coaching staff were they disappointed? Yes. Uh, they had a great opportunity there, especially in that game against Greece. They got up to such a great start, had a huge lead uh, uh, and, but at the end they just weren't able to hold on I, I think when the Tall Blacks come into World Cups, certainly the goal is to get to that crossover stage uh, and to make it to that top 16 and go from there uh, I, I think they would be very disappointed in the way things turned out but Absolutely. They acquitted themselves very well. That huge game against the U.S. team, where uh, against a billion dollars in salary, you know, they were winning after the first quarter. Uh, and, and we, you know, that U.S. team didn't get it done to the highest levels they have previously, but still a very impressive feat for the Kiwis to be playing with them for a half and, and keep it a game. Uh, it uh, does all come to that game against Greece. And I think, uh, you know, when that last game that they were, unfor- they were unfortunate to get that loss, when they had to turn around and uh, play with. Less than, I think it was 24 hours. uh, It wasn't even 12 hours, 14 hours of rest, you know, trying to turn around and and try and save your season against or or get another one against Mexico. That was probably the most disappointing one, but they just put so much in the tank against Greece. uh, Just had nothing left to give. Uh, And when you look at that team, you understand they gave every single ounce of themselves. Uh, I, I guess the question is. If there were a couple of guys, especially in the big position, that would have made themselves available, in particularly uh, Rob Lowe and Stephen Adams, look if the guys like that would have been available, it would have been a very different story on the interior. Yes against the U.S. team, against uh, Greece. That's where they fell down. So uh, the fact is, if you're not sending the most talented team you have, uh, it's going to be very difficult. The tall blacks always go with what they have. And I'm really proud of the boys who pulled on the black jerseys and went up there and played played the season uh, or played the World Cup to the best of their abilities.
1: All right, uh, Professor, put your NBA uh, analyst hat on. Um, can you make sense um, in a sentence or two uh, for, for ignoramuses like myself who get so confused when seven or eight players are bundled together in a trade and there's three destinations and there's multiple picks thrown in? Uh, I do know uh, the headline actor Damien Lillard is to play alongside Giannis Tecumpo at uh, the Milwaukee Bucks after being traded from his uh, Portland side. I'm not sure if that's an upgrade on quality of life going from Portland to Milwaukee. Uh, it's probably quality of life as far as basketball is concerned. Uh, you know
0: what do you make of that move I mean he's a hooper and he gets to play next to Giannis now so the, his quality of life has improved immensely uh, also he's on uh, $300 million so his quality of life is pretty good anywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like to trade for Milwaukee uh, into coming into this season I uh, it makes them, uh, uh, gives them a better shot at the title. They traded away Drew Holiday, was the most surprising piece that went out in that trade. But we saw in the playoffs, maybe he's not the same level defender he has been for the last few years. Uh, Jimmy Butler really gave it to him. Uh, but this is a Milwaukee team that knows if they don't go now with Giannis, they're going to lose him in the offseason. So this is a big move by them. Uh, if they are able to sign Giannis, if they are able to make a deep run in the playoffs this year, possibly. Uh, I mean, for me, they're, they're the favorites coming out of the East now. They were the favorites before this. I think Giannis is the best player, the most unstoppable player in the NBA. And to give him a piece like Dame Lillard, who can score with the ball in hand, which was maybe the one thing they were really missing last season, is that creator. You know, you look at uh, the, the players they have around Giannis. They're finishers. They're not creators. Now they have another creator. That makes them better. So I'm very interested to see what the Bucks do. Uh, in year five of that deal for Dame when he's making $63 million and he's 37 years old, I don't think they're going to be as what? excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's what? How, five, five years down the road, this is when it all comes to fruition. They have more <laughs> than the future for a run today. $63 million 63. at 37. <laughs> so <laughs> so <it's>, uh, <laughs> that's, they're, they're going to have to pay the Piper eventually. But this year, for we? this year, makes them better. Uh, I could get into all the yeah. other pieces. I'm glad to see DeAndre Ayton. I think that Portland team, they improved themselves immensely. Scoot Henderson is now going to lead that team. They've got DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, who was extremely unhappy. The Suns were unhappy with him. I think yeah. all three teams made themselves better, uh, but I think maybe the, the team that got the best out of it was the Suns, because now they have some depth for those stars that they were able to get in the offseason. The Trailblazers are going to be a, a, more of a, a A team for the future, but they've got some great talent and some pieces still to trade if they want to make moves now. So one of the few trades you see that I think everyone got something that made them better this season and for some going into the future. $63
1: $63 million. So I feel like <laughs> Tom Hanks in the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan. you know, when the bomb goes off and he's completely lost his senses. It's exactly like $63 million at 37 years of age. What could possibly go wrong, Casey? What could possibly go wrong there, my friend? Great to chat, mate. Love the way you cover the sport. Keep it up, my friend. We'll catch up with you soon.
0: Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me.